Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I am Leah, and I am joined by Katie and Bonnie and Barb, and we are talking about our one cool working woman. So Bonnie talked about the triangle shirt waist factory fire and Katie talked about Judas Love Cohen and Barb talked about Rashima Shajani. Rashma. Rashma. You you put too many phenomenas. I did. Rashma. Rashma. There we go. (laughs) I like it. Um, But I want to know before we dive in to get to know something randomly about my gal pals. And because I've got a food related person, I want to know, um, how have you ever done or have you ever had the best of a packed lunch for any of the jobs that you have worked at? Packed lunches that you have totally nailed or totally failed. <laughs> any and all of it. What is your go-to packed lunch for work or retirement or picnic, but mostly work? Well, I think first we need to start with, do yeah. you pack or do you buy your food out? Right. Yes. No, that's a good question. Yes. Yeah. Do you do you pack or do you do you bring or do you buy? So, yeah. yeah. So, and I went in, in pockets, right? Like, mm-hmm. mostly I buy just mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. social and I go out with my peeps and things like that. You get but to take a break and leave yes, and come yes, back. And, mm-hmm. yes. Yes. and it's either cold or hot. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but when, when my husband was an air traffic controller in Indy and I was actually living in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. um, I was kind of living alone through the week. And I would, you know, I would make food and I would naturally have leftovers because yeah. it was only me. I was so good while he was in Indy <laughs> because, you know, like you'd make two chicken breasts or, right. you know, you'd have enough mm-hmm. veggies for, for two, you know, sittings or whatever. And yeah. I would, I packed my lunch every day. Like people at work were like, wow, like mm-hmm. you're, like, and you're packing like real food. And right. I'm like, yes, yes, I am. Sometimes you just feel like a boss mm-hmm. bitch for your lunch. It, it was you're like, wonderful. Look at what I've nailed It was today. wonderful. Yeah. And that only lasted for like... <laughs> You know, a year. And then after that, I'm like, yeah, I'm done. I'm really done with this. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's it hard is. to get that organized. It's very hard mm-hmm. to maintain and it. And so it was always just easier for me to go out and pick up lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is very I true. I did have one good run, though. <laughs> Kudos. Counts. <laughs> well, I feel you on that because I'll make food and either we won't have leftovers. Right. Because Josh eats a lot. Uh, he doesn't listen to this. So growing I can boy. Talk about it. That's what he. That's exactly what he tells I, me. I of course he know. does. Okay. Okay. I point yeah. out that he's a thirty-six-year-old man. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. he might not be growing this way. Right. Growing. <laughs> yes. Um, and then, I mean, I'll eat leftovers, but I'm not always like leftovers. Yes. Right. Yeah. So right. it's easy for me to let him take the leftovers yeah. if we have them for lunch, yeah. and then I don't have the lunch. Um, so. I mean, I've I've never been super great at bringing my own lunch, but yeah. I definitely got that rewarding feeling when you do something. Mm-hmm. But finally, what's working for me is I buy a bunch of frozen food for mm. the Target curbside, uh, and then I heat oh. it up at work. Oh, and it yeah, was yeah. been revolutionary because nice. we have an air fryer now at work. What? Mm. Wow! Oh my goodness! That's pretty fancy. So I can, yeah. Very nice. Fancy, make myself an air fry frozen meal, which is not healthy or make me feel kick-ass, but it is sure that I eat. It's a thing. And then on a real <laughs> special day, I door dash. Yes. There's that too. There I had go. my neighbor text me the other day and say, 
you may already know this, but there was a man on your porch taking a picture of your house. <laughs> probably saying that there's a delivery. I was like, yes, that was my DoorDash. Yeah, order. exactly. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the amount of Amazon photos that I get sent. Oh, your package mm-hmm. has been delivered. Thank you for creepily taking a picture of my house. Mm-hmm. So, Kate, you. you mentioned, you know, packing lunch for Josh, right? Yeah. Tom was fabulous. Leftovers every day. I We'd get up off the table and I'd make him a little to go bag for the next day uh so he See? was wonderful about taking lunch right i mean not so much yeah the support yeah. of a exactly. great exactly so you think that's what it was this, uh-huh. yeah. uh-huh. this is true mm-hmm. Kenny, what about your lunch bring her by uh, i'm more of a bye gotcha. lady um leftovers uh or like bring food it's usually like uh bring him pizza oh, the night before yes bring him some pizza Mm-hmm. I did that today. Oh, do you yeah, guys have a microwave at work? We do. We okay. have a microwave right, and a toaster oven. Oh, but you don't have an air but fryer. Not an air fryer. Not an air fryer. Okay. That's the counter is like it. less than a quarter of this table. <laughs> right. So it's a microwave. small microwave. Yeah. <laughs> right. There we have go. a mini fridge, so we can't really bring like frozen mm-hmm. yeah food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh-huh. particularly remember bringing a salad in college. Being like, yes. <laughs> I forgot to bring a fork, oh. so I had mm-hmm. little uh, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I was trying to pick up my salad in between pieces of lettuce and oh. had little lettuce sandwiches. Oh, there you go! That was <laughs> inventive. I've gone uh, downstairs and just sadly said to JC, who works the desk, "Is there any kind of utensil <laughs> around here? Because <laughs> Mama forgot a fork today. Mm. <laughs> I need to bring some for when we have like yeah." I keep them, like, I put them on top of the fridge. I sent a bunch of them yeah. home with uh, Trey's mom last time. She gives them out to, like, a soup kitchen or something. Oh, oh yeah, there that's you go. cool. So I'll See? bring some in here to Perfect. get rid of them. I go in, st- uh, like, stages, and um, a lot of times I will try to, like, do um, buy, because then mm-hmm. I can vary it up. I love the variation. But here, I don't eat my lunch at a regular time, and mm-hmm. when I leave the library, I know that somebody's going to come in. So I've been bringing my lunch, and I've been doing, like, tuna packets and cheese sticks for three years now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of sick of it, and so I just need that rotate. But for some odd reason, I get into this rut where it's like, these are things I know I can just buy. It's available. Mm-hmm. I don't have to heat it up. I don't have to keep it cold too much and stuff like well, that. Well, that's kind of finger but foods, too. Like you, it is, you know. Yeah. But I don't feel like I ate a lunch then. It's because true. Because it's, it's the true. same thing all the yeah. time. Yeah. So I know that it's something I struggle with. So um, I will switch it up with peanuts or cashews. But, like, when my kids were little, I was amazing at this. Mm. They had a little bento box, and each little compartment had cute little things. I would, like, make little bears out of, like, grapes and stuff. They had little trees out of cheeses. I mean, like, I was amazing. Do I do that for myself? No. Well, I think <laughs> I think you should. That's the lesson we're learning. I know. I know. <laughs> so but I have the ability. Else. Yes. So, but when it comes to my own life, just slapdash ready-made stuff just into a bag and call it a day. And then be sad when I open it going, oh. Yeah, that, that doesn't make me very happy. Exactly. You should start making yourself fancy charcuteries and get, like, one of those oh, yeah. things you organize beads in, but just put <gasps> oh, all kinds of delights nice. in them. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, I have not seen that, but I'm willing to because that yeah. sounds I'll start amazing. sending you pictures. Okay, yes. We're Give me fix inspiration. Inspiration yeah. is what it is. Because I have yeah. the ability to do it. Yeah. Just not, like, like I said, I'm and just And you don't even have to make it cute. Right, I you don't have to. You can just shuff. Yeah. Things in 
the squares. Yeah, but when you right. yeah, the little yeah. squares. Anytime you put it in like out. a little square, yeah, it's organized. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> it's organized and mm-hmm. it's small. It's cute. Right. Exactly. Hence appetite. the bento boxes. Yeah. Yes. That's why I'm like, oh, and I like this. Miniature cupcake. A uh-huh. version there. Exactly. Yes. This is why, like, pie day at the library is one of my favorite things, because everybody brings a pie, and I'm like, cool, lunch! <laughs> I mean, I know it's a horrible lunch, but it's very delicious. Well, horrible. Ever... <laughs> right. Horrible, maybe. In the sugar. dietary perspective. <laughs> Did I ever Delicious. tell you? Very tasty. What I told Josh I'd want my superpower to be. <gasps> what is it? Making pie? No, I'm sorry. No. Yes. Yeah. The ability to look online. And whatever meal I saw that looked good, it would just appear. It would appear. <gasps> yeah. And I could use you know it what? to like solve world hunger. Right. There Even could be for some you, good done. It would be the but... ingredients. Like if you saw something and you're like, bam, oh, all the ingredients no. right there. I'm lazy. But I just want the thing in front of me. Yeah, so no, that's good. fair. That's fair. <laughs> it's like carry out for free with my mind. <laughs> How is this exactly. not a superpower arc that's already been explored? I feel like DoorDash is the step in the evolution. Right? <laughs> but it drains my bank account. It does. It does. Oh. Yeah. No, no, no. The, the free food is the garden that's outside. That's Katie's waiting happening. for the, yeah. what are they called in Star Trek? The replicators? Oh, yes. Think, the food replicators. Oh. Yeah. Well, it all tastes like chicken. Half the time, <laughs> the things I see are not super bad for me. Like, I feel like a lot of the food out is that right. I yeah. Oh, yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's just, yeah. Yeah, lazy. this is very true. You think I'm like to cook? I'm I know lazy. that you don't like to cook. Oh. I'm saying you're amazing yeah. at it. <laughs> I know that there's totally a difference. <laughs> the liking to make it and the ability I mean, to make it are two like it. separate things. But I want to hear about you. Want to hear about my lady? Yes, I do because I do believe this is going to involve food, and you know how it I is. feel about this. It's totally going to involve food, and I had to bring said food because yeah, now that I'm, uh, so I should probably. For our listeners, <laughs> if you have chocolate chip cookies nearby, get them. Because <laughs> probably as I am talking about this wonderful lady, you are going to have a hankering. Because I did through the whole research process. Oh, there's a whole nother. There's a whole nother. They're yeah. really, yeah. really yeah, yeah. good. Yes, exactly. And that's why I had to have them for you. Yes, thank you. Apparently, you can also microwave them too. So, yeah. All right, so I'm going to tell you about Ruth Wakefield, who is the inventor of the chocolate chip cookie. So she was born June 17th, 1903 in Massachusetts. She was raised in Eaton, and she went to, I love this, Framingham State University. But do you want to hear what it was called when she went there? Yes. Framingham State Normal School Department of Household Arts. Oh, yeah. Okay. Lovely. It just so when, rolls right off the top. That wouldn't make anybody feel like a freak. Can you imagine the <laughs> that sweatshirt? Right, right. <laughs> that is the F-S-N-S-D-H-A. <laughs> the Fisanana. <laughs> I love that sweatshirt. I do too. I kind of want to make it too. Yeah. Um, so she graduated in 1924 with that t-shirt, of course, you know, mm-hmm. the sweatshirt. Um, and she taught home <laughs> economics uh, in high school. Um, she was also, believe this or not, a dietitian. <laughs> Totally makes sense. It's very ironic because my biggest like diet debacle, like the thing that will break me out of any diet is a flick and flang and chocolate chip cookie. I mean, like, so the thing that a diet, yeah, dietitian. But anyway, she, uh, she worked in a hospital as a dietitian. She had to keep herself in business. She did. (laughs) But this was like before inventing this thing. (laughs) It's like, so, so she knew diabetes was probably a thing. (laughs) But it's okay, uh, because I still love her for it. So she got married a few years after her college graduation uh, to Kenneth Wakefield, 
Uh, Kenneth was an executive at a meat packing company. So super exciting. Uh, so in 1930, Ruth and Ken bought a building in Plymouth County called the Toll House Inn. Oh, oh right. Italian now. So now it was located midway between Boston and New Bedford, and it was a house, and it was known for people travelers to stop there. So um, it wasn't actually like a toll house where you had to stop and pay a toll, but it was a pass through. Uh, kind of location. Um, it was said to have, it was in their marketing strategy, that travelers have been stopping there since the 1700s. The building was built in 1811. So, <laughs> so nah, but you know, cute. Yeah. Nobody had the internet back then to immediately <laughs> prove that the toll house I'm gonna is... Google, I'm going to Google that. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Well, before uh, that, it was a house, a tree house the elves lived in. Oh, you're right. The, oh, yes, yes. Totally. The keyboard. Long lineage. Yes. Totally correct. <laughs> yes. Um, so when they bought this inn, this house, they had uh, food for travelers, and they started with seven tables, and they expanded it to 60 tables. So wow, they were having a lunch service and a dinner service, and they got really, really famous for their desserts. So in a uh, New York Times overlooked obituary, have you guys seen the overlooks? Mm -hmm. So it's when a woman of history um, passed away years and years oh. ago, the New York Times will go back and be like, you know what? We never did an obituary of this woman. Let's do an overlook. So this is an overlook that they did of Ruth Wakefield. And they said, quote, it became a destination, the Toll House Inn, famous for its seafoam green salad ring. With mm. lime gelatin, mm. mouth-watering, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Why didn't you bring that tonight? <laughs> reasons. <laughs> uh, so many reasons. Lobster dishes and desserts, including Boston cream and lemon meringue pies. I mean, I, I do love my pies, so yep. I would have yep. brought a lemon meringue pie as well. And a Boston cream donut. Uh, they also did Indian pudding and baba rum. I have no idea. What, do you know what a baba uram well, is? What's Indian pudding? I don't even know. What I don't Indian, know what Indian pudding okay, either so. is, but I mean, it had less vowels sure in it. <laughs> right. <laughs> she did spend time in Egypt where she oh. was developing cookie recipes. And I'm like, one of these things is not like the other. But OK. Yes. No, absolutely. I have screwed up my life path. Right? <laughs> and that's why I'm like, Egypt cookies. What? Uh, but the other recipes that she had, uh, she inherited from her grandmother or she created them herself at the Toll House Inn. Uh, in 1938, she was making a batch of chocolate cookies and she realized she was out of Baker's chocolate. Uh, wanting to make something uh, more interesting anyway, she substituted broken pieces of Nestle, ha Nestle Sweet uh, Chocolate Bar. It's like mm -hmm. one big solid like chunk of chocolate. Um, and she didn't have time to melt it, so she just kind of like ice picked it and like broke it off into big chunks. She thought the chunks would, like, melt in and absorb and make it, like, a chocolate cookie. Mm -hmm. um, it didn't work like that. It didn't happen, right? There was still chunks Can in it. Can you imagine it. her pulling it out of the oven and being like, what? What? Uh, <laughs> Why didn't you? Melt? I can't serve this, right? Oh my gosh! So she accidentally slash experimented and came up with the chocolate chip cookie because it still had the the chips in it. Uh, but she called them the Toll House Chocolate Crunch Cookie. So it just rolls right off the tongue yeah. there, doesn't it? Yes, the Toll House Chocolate Crunch Cookie. Uh, locally, they were like a super hit. 
Uh, they were so famous. Wow. They were, uh, the recipe was put in the Boston Herald Traveler, Ooh. you know, for all the travelers that were coming through. <laughs> um, that led her to be on a radio show that was called a Famous. A talkie, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, famous food from famous eating places. Does this not Ooh. sound like I'd watch it? Right, exactly. Yes, it. I'm calling like in ears. live for famous food from famous eating places. <laughs> oh my god! Um, now the the host of it was uh, Marjorie Houston. Anybody know who that is? I don't know. Uh, she was known as Betty Crocker. Oh. Get out. So the radio show of famous food from famous eating places was hosted by Betty Crocker. She just wasn't going by Betty Crocker at the time. It was Marjorie Houston. Wow. Right. So uh so Marjorie Houston was a very also uh very much loving this chocolate chip cookie, although it was the Toll House chocolate crunch, crunch cookie. Chunk cookie. Yes. It's a mouthful. Literally. Um, so Ruth published a cookbook in 1931, and it was called Ruth Wakefield's Tried and True Recipes. She later actually updated it to include her famous chocolate chip cookie recipe. Um, when she published this book and being on Betty Crocker's show, got Nestle's attention. Dun, 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 dun. So this is in 1939, and I don't know the month. So if the World War, if World War II had not yet started, it was mm. definitely on the, you know, it was what everybody was talking about. Yeah. It was on the doorstep yeah. of history mm-hmm. in 1939. Um, so because the Toll House cookie recipe was getting lots of attention, um, many people started using that Nestle chocolate bar to make them because that's mm-hmm. what was in the recipe. Um, so Nestle and Ruth brokered a deal, kind of. So Nestle would print her recipe on its packages, and Ruth would get a lifetime supply of chocolate. No. (laughs) So I thought we'd have a little discussion. What do you guys feel Mm -hmm. about recipe? Hell no. (laughs) Right. Right. Mm -mm. So I mean, you could think about it in one way, where okay, she's at an inn, she's making a lot of chocolate dishes and chocolate oh, chip cookies. Limits on her lifetime supply. You of would chocolate. think they would, right? Yeah. Yes, they exactly. Bring it there on trucks for <laughs> percentages. True. I think would be a good, uh, right. a good place to start. Yeah, a little bit. Yes. I mean, so you don't see it as an equal, an equal deal, an equal. It was not an no. equal trade. Mm-hmm. It was not. Thank um, you. Do you think it's kind of a little bit of uh, the milkshake I teach you, but I have to charge? <laughs> <laughs> that was immediately what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, sweet. Well, I, I'm glad you're all kind of thinking this because here's another little bit that I don't think a lot of people know about uh, Nestle. Um, Nestle is a Swiss company and it was a combination of uh, two Swiss chocolatiers, Swiss chocolatiers that actually combined forces to, to make Nestle. Um, they also supplied both sides of the World War II effort. Uh, not only did Nestle have a contract um, for Nescafe, which was their yep, coffee. Yep. So Nescafe was the staple drink, coffee drink anyway, of, of the Nazis. U.S. military. No. No, of the U.S. military. Okay. The Nazis, uh, Nestle had a contract had to feed cookies. the German army. So like straight up feed them. So like uh-huh. we were giving coffee to our guys uh-huh. and all the food to the German army. Okay. So, yeah, so there's that, you know, just knowing that little bit of Nestle history. There's a lot of companies that funded both sides, but That's it's, you true. know. A lot of car companies, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The good old Rockefellers and Fords and all of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's great. Um, okay, so what happened because of this deal, the Nestle chocolate bars, um, they were in one big hunk. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So hence yeah. the ice pick, hence one big thing. Um, because of her sharing her recipe, Nestle actually started scoring the bars so that you could break off pieces. So that wasn't in existence with any kind of chocolate bars before then. Um, the other thing that they started to do was the introduction of the real semi-sweet chocolate morsels. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the actual, mm-hmm. now what we call chips. So mm-hmm. the morsels. Um, so, and that is also where you will find her recipe. So I don't know if you've seen the Friends episode where um, uh, Monica is saying, you've got to tell me your grandmother's secret oh. <laughs> cookie recipe. Barbara remembers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got to tell me, you've got to tell me. And Monica's the, the, the baker. She's obsessed with this. And she's like, where did you find? And they're like trying to tip over uh, and, you know, where is the secret ingredient? And then she's like, I think I remember it. I think it was Nestle Tollhouse. And then she's like, Nestle Tollhouse? <laughs> like the back of the bag? So like Monica grabs the back of the bag and shows Phoebe. And she's like, they stole my great grandmother's recipe. <laughs> yeah. So it's been on the back of the bag of the morsels um, ever since and to this day. Um do you want to know more of what happened at the Toll House Inn? Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Well, in 1967, Ruth and Ken sold the inn and retired. So they had it from, what was it, 1930? 1700s. No, not 1700s. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't physically exist. Dates they, are all relative. They bought it in the 1930s, and then they retired in 1967. So, mm-hmm. um, so... Uh, so another um, uh, ownership happened of the Toll House Inn. However, it burned down in 1984. Oh. They never rebuilt it from 1984. So there is still a sign. So the Toll House Inn has been reproduced as a sign. And there is a historical marker um, that you can see. So, uh, so the sign that you see is not the original one, no matter what they tell you, no matter if they tell you it's been there from the 1700s, it has not, um, but it's located in Whitman, Massachusetts. That's where the, the Toll House Inn is. So Ruth did have two kids, Ken Jr. and Mary Jane, and Ruth died in 1977, which so, was the year I was born. So therefore, uh, it's very important uh, that I keep the cookie legacy yes, yes. going. I think it's it's like my birthright or you something like that. I can transfer that lifetime chocolate to you. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering. Yes. No, that would be I totally great if they would. Yes. If, they're, if her kids, if Ruth's kids were lawyers and ever went back right. to these people yeah. and said, what the heck? Mm-hmm. Exactly. How much money... Did Nestle make right. off of this deal? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Because they made so much money in so many varied ways, ways that um, there was talk about that she would be a consultant, but I couldn't find anything of um, she actually was a consultant or if she was actually paid. Mm-hmm. The, what I would see is where she could have possibly gotten paid. And I'm like, possibly doesn't mean yeah. <laughs> right. she was running an inn. So right. um, it wasn't, she didn't have another cookbook that was like, oh, more recipes where you can use Nestle products or anything yeah. like that yeah. or become a spokesperson for them or be paid by advertising or anything like that. So it was a lifetime supply of chocolate to make chocolate chip cookies. I mean, I'm never going to turn down a lifetime supply of chocolate. Correct. But However, right. <laughs> they could have given there her a portion be a of the morsels since yes. that seems to have been created. Yes. From her. From thing. her invention. Yes. Because yes. there wasn't a need for those until her invention. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, I would have thought a percentage of sales mm-hmm. kind of thing. But she was the one. <laughs> 
who accidentally, I mean, that's the other thing of the downplaying of, oh, it was just an accident that she discovered it, where, I mean, she was a very savvy baker, and she was creating a lot of inventive things. Yeah. Um, so it, it's kind of an accidentally on purpose. It's, yeah. Let's see what happens. Yeah. And the reason why the, um, uh, it doesn't completely melt all the way in right. is the fat content. So it keeps it solidified a little bit to get those those morsels to get those chunks basically. So well, um, God love her because yeah, right, it's delicious. I'm all about the chocolate chip cookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> love it. Exactly. The one that they were working on was a thin butterscotch cookie with ice cream, um, and they wanted something that was as popular as that. That was their popular one um, at the end before the chocolate chip cookie. So, yeah. Exactly. Well, and they also came up with like the butterscotch morsels and the yeah, caramel morsels. Caramel morsels. Uh-huh. Look at all the morsels she should and be taking. There's a teeny <laughs> tiny little M&M there's one. She needs a stuff. morsel of that market. Yeah, exactly. I see what you did exactly. there. Exactly. And that's absolutely true. So, what we have learned today, I think collectively, is if you invent something, get paid for it. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and make sure you continuously get paid for it as your legacy and yeah, all that kind of good stuff. So, but at the same time, I sincerely thank her for putting, you know, chocolate chips and chunks in in the cookies because bravo, bravo, good woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Golf clap and that's Yes, exactly. So yeah, the the kind of ugly side of business, not so much a fire. <laughs> we have bookended the ugly Da-da-da. the ugly workplace ness with being screwed over by Nestle and uh, and being screwed over by the boss man of the Triangle Shirt Waste Company. Mm-hmm. I said it right that time. Oh my god. Yep. Look at that. All right. Do you guys want to wrap it up for the month? Let's do it. Oh, my goodness. That actually wraps us up for Working Women Month. So join us next week as we celebrate folklore. So the spooky season is nearly among us, but not all folklore is scary. Unless Bonnie tells it. It's simply stories. I'm just playing. (laughs) It's stories and beliefs and customs that are passed through the generations by word of mouth. And again... We tend to remember them if they're a little bit spooky. So just what uh, do your listeners will come out of our mouths in October? Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gals Guide patron today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>